Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by proamsports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer with you. Some guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. A reminder, every Wednesday is date night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120. It is the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Cam Talbot against Marc-Andre Fleury. Fleury again, 931 save percentage. Zach Whitecloud, and I believe the Oilers had some interest in this prospect out of Bemidji, will make his NHL debut. He is from Brandon, which happens to be where Kelly McCrimmon, the former, uh, I think he still actually co-owns the uh, Brandon uh, Wheat Kings, but uh, for many years, uh, owner, general manager, head coach and Brandon Hales from Zach Whitecloud will make his NHL debut tonight for Vegas on the back end. All right. Well, every Thursday here in Oilers now, one of your favorites, Louis DeBrus, joins us. Let's get to that conversation. The Edmonton Oilers down to two final games here in the regular season. Uh, tonight against Las Vegas, and then obviously the Sedins in town on Saturday. Lots of different storylines. Um, what's it like for a player in this situation? Because you were there with you, you know some some Oiler teams that sort of came in after that Oiler dynasty, and, and unfortunately there were a few years your guys' season was over early. Um, how challenging is that for players when you're winding it down? Unfortunately, I have a little too much uh, experience as far as that's concerned. But you know what? Listen, I'll, I will say this. When it when it comes down to it, don't think for a second the players don't understand the situation they're in because they truly do, and they've known it for quite a while. But this is maybe the the funnest place to be still. You know, you want to get to the rink, you want to get on the ice, you want to be with the guys, and you want to just go to work. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. And you know what, you're always striving to work on something. I know that's a cliche, but always try and take a positive of everything. But you, every single one of these players, for the Edmonton Oilers, and for the Vancouver Canucks coming in Saturday, they they look in the mirror and they say, what can I do to make myself better? What can I do to improve myself for next year and potentially make a team, stay on a team, um, get signed by some other team if you're a free agent? I mean, there's so much more that you're playing for. You're playing for your career. You're playing for your livelihood. So... 
regardless of whether you're not in the playoffs or not, you're coming to the rink and trying to trying to do something to make yourself better. That's you truly are. And if you're not doing that, you won't be in the league for very long. Should we read too much in how the team goes down the stretch? I mean, the Oilers have dropped four straight uh, in regulation, five straight overall after putting together a seven-two and one run. Um, Leon Draisaitl, as an example, is minus ten over his last five games with a goal and an assist. I mean, do you do you get concerned by that, or is that? Yeah, yeah I am. I, I'm concerned with that because I do believe. Um, certainly guys can get hot at the end of the year. Everyone talks about players playing looser, and that's there's a reality to that. There's no question. There's not the pressure. But there's still pressure from what I just previously talked about. You're still playing um, to try and play the game longer, regardless of who you are. Look at what Connor McDavid's done down the stretch here. He's absolutely lit it up, and he's been the best player in the league once again, as he was last year, going into the playoffs. So there certainly are habits and trends that can surface here at this time of year, and that is concerning for Leon Dreisaitl and the, and the minuses. Um, something that he's certainly going to have to work on in his game, and I, I'm sure he knows that. It's something he wants to be better at, the overall game, the defensive side of it. And for him to run his own line and be really effective as the Oilers want him to be, that's what he's going to have to do. But I don't, if somebody's having a hot streak here and comes in with the last 10 games and plays really well, I don't say, well, we have to discount that because they're out of the playoffs and they're playing free. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I think that you can see some real tendencies here because this is when you have to really buckle down whether you're in the playoffs or out of the playoffs. You're coming in and you have to still put the skates on and go out there and play against a lot of teams that are fighting to get in the playoffs and teams that are in the same position as you that are fighting for their jobs next year. These are very difficult games to play and for good reason. They should be. This is the end of the year when teams are at their full potential potentially because they're healthy and they're down the stretch. Um, opportunities for guys to step in there and show what they can do. This is when you do it and a lot of times this is when you get your first impression of players to maybe bring them in for the following year. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, Louis DeBrusque, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. And you were working the game Saturday night in Calgary. Uh, you got a player, Milan Lucic, and I mean, he has had an, uh, just a brutal final 45 games of the season since Christmas. One goal during that stretch. He hadn't had a fight. Uh, double digit minus, uh, you know, really challenged game. But he was involved in that game in Calgary. And I, I want to know, because you were only about 20 feet away from the fight. I mean, first of all, full kudos to Tanner Glass for yep. stepping up and, uh, and taking the fight. But... Uh, could you hear it? Could you hear the physical exchange? And and maybe just, you know, how much would you like to see Lucic get that started maybe in game five, game 10, game 15? Well, you know what? Absolutely. And I think that was something that for Milan, he has to do a little bit more regularly. And, and I'm not talking about the fight. And, I, and we've made that perfectly clear on this show. For Lucic, let's face it, Tanner Glass is maybe one of 10 guys in the league that would even think about dropping the gloves with him. So those fights are going to be fewer and further between for Lucic as these years go on. But what I liked about the game for Lucic was two shifts before that when he blew up two players in the offensive zone. Two big hits, one behind the net, one in the corner. The next shift he comes out on the power play. He slashes Giordano in front, gets involved with Mike Smith. I mean, that's the kind of impact that I like to see from Lucic. And it's only going to create space for him once again. Um, that's how he's created space his whole career is being that nasty guy on the ice. If it does indeed happen to involve a fight after all that, 
then that's the perfect situation because he's created that with his play. He's not out there answering a bell. He's out there making somebody else answer the bell. And trust me, being the guy that was in that situation, I don't want to jump over the boards and go after a guy like Milan Lucic. Give Tanner Glass a world of credit because one of the bravest guys in the league, really technical fighter. But let's face it, he was just, he was overpowered, overmatched in a guy that was, you know, 40 pounds heavier than him, potentially 20 pounds anyway, and just a lot stronger. And that first punch that cut him, I believe, was through the helmet. I think he hit helmet and still cut him through the helmet from what I could see on my vantage point. Maybe I'm wrong, but it looked like that was a an impact um, compound cut that came through the helmet. That's how hard he threw and that he first kept, punch. And Glass kept going. Yeah, he's not going to. I mean, listen, I have a ton of respect for Tanner Glass, and people that maybe don't know Glass, he's a tough customer. This guy, pound for pound, is a really tough guy, uh, plays a hard game, plays an honest game, and you know what? I have all the respect in the world for him. I like to tap at the end of it. I know fighting is going out of the game, but that certainly did get that game going, and I thought that third period was the way that the Battle of Alberta should be, and I yeah. hope that in the future, we see more of that, that passion, that excitement, and let's face it, that hatred between them. We want to see those two teams not like each well, other. Right now, we're having a pity party, because neither team's in the playoffs. There could be changes made with coaches. You know, you don't know. I mean, they're talking about that down in Calgary, and, you know, headliners are talking about that in Edmonton as well. Yeah, you know, listen, this, these are two two franchises just are not happy with the, the situation they're in, and I don't think either one of them, myself included, thought that they'd be in these situations. I thought both Calgary and Edmonton would be fighting for playoff spots and be in the playoffs, and potentially a Battle of Alberta, which we almost had last year in the first round. I mean, it was one game away from a Battle of Alberta in the first round last year. Uh, I thought it was going to be the same situation this year, both teams fighting to get in there and potentially playing each other, but that's not the case, and there will be changes. I don't know what to what extent those changes will be in both organizations, but there's no question there will be changes. We're joined by Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Well, tonight we've got the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. And, Louis, everybody predicted uh, in the offseason, Vegas, an expansion team unlikely to make the playoffs, maybe to be one of the five worst teams in the NHL. The Oilers, conversely, were a preseason consensus favorite. It hasn't exactly worked out like that. Um, yesterday, Brad Hunt told me, I said, what has been one of the keys for success for Vegas with Gerard Gallant? What, what is one of the things that he's, he's doing? Bob, he's made it fun. Winning's fun, but he's created a, a positive energy, fun environment for the players. Now, he had a captive audience. These are all guys that were cast-offs of other organizations. But can you believe how well it's worked out for Vegas? Well, you know, in, in one argument I'll say with uh, Gerard Gallant is that he, he did the same thing in Florida. He took a team and probably overachieved in people's eyes what he did with that team. So it's starting to become a regularity for him, and I believe he's the coach of the year this year, in my opinion. That's, you got my vote anyway. You got mine as well. But you know what? Um, you know, when I look at Vegas, I think the, the number one thing that it shows the league and it showed me was we have to maybe start evaluating some of the depth players and other organizations maybe a little bit harder because of what Eric Holla did this year and what William Carlson did this year. They walked in and scored 40 and 30 goals respectively. And I don't think anybody how much money? That. How much money could you made in Vegas if you'd say, all right, you put five bucks <laughs> on on uh, William Carlson to score 40 and Eric Holla to score 30? Well, you know what? It's amazing. It's, it's players that were suppressed in the lineup because of good talent in the depth chart and they go to another organization they get an opportunity a coach that believes in them and both of those guys when I talked to them when we did the game in Vegas they both said they came in with the expectation
motivation to produce more. They wanted to come in and show people what they could do offensively. Well, boy, oh boy, they certainly did. But listen, they've got a team that's firing on all cylinders. They have all year, and they look like they're a team that's having fun. They enjoy working. They'll grind you down. They never get impatient in the game. They stick to their system, and you have to give them a lot of credit for that because they've come in, and I think there was a lot of naysayers that said there's no way this team's going to be able to be successful, especially in the Pacific Division. And then what do they do? They turn around, they go out there, and they win the Pacific Division. I mean, it's been a it's been a tremendous story. I think the greatest story in the NHL this year. It's been fantastic to watch them flourish. All right, so Edmonton in Vegas tonight, Louie, and the Sedins, their final NHL game yeah. coming up Saturday. Uh, just your thoughts. I mean, you've worked a lot of broadcasts in Vancouver over the years. Those guys, for me, uh, as much as they were great players on the ice, by all reports, total class acts off the ice as well. Incredible human beings, you know, and that's that's the first thing you think about when you think of the Sedins. And I can't remember, and I truly cannot remember, from my playing days to doing the broadcast in Phoenix to doing Rogers games in Sportsnet, I never have heard a bad thing said about the Sedins. Think about it. Have you ever heard a negative bad thing no. said about the Sedins? Never. You know why? They're just genuinely good human beings and tremendous hockey players. I mean, I think they've revolutionized the game in certain aspects. The way they worked off a cycle, they were second to none. Um, they still are a handful down low in the offensive zone. I think teams have copied that. The redirection in the high slot, the shot pass redirection, they've totally mastered that, and I think people have copied that. Um, they've really made an impact on the game, and for two brothers to step in and both um, have the success they've had and play together their whole careers, I think it's so fitting that they're both going out together with the franchise that drafted them. It's a remarkable story. I'm looking forward to uh, watching and calling their last game. It'll be it'll be a real good time. Now, one thing that they did is they took some abuse on the ice, but is that not toughness in, in its own way, shape, or form? Because, look, you were a guy yep. that had to exact a physical toll on opposition players, but what was it like when you when you got a run or you, you took a shot at a skill player or another team and he, he just didn't react at all? Because that's what the Sedins would do. They would not react to that. It makes, you, it makes it even more frustrating, and I think people sometimes would would look at that as a lack of passion. I'll tell you a story. Sergei Nemchinov, who ended up scoring 30 goals for the New York Rangers, but eventually became a tremendous checking forward, a real hard-nosed checking guy defensively. He came into his first training camp with the New York Rangers, and we were playing the New York Islanders, and he absolutely blew up Kenny Baumgartner. Kenny Baumgartner was a super tough guy in the league at that time. Yeah. And I remember looking at him on the bench going, do you realize what you just did? And he had no idea. You know what? He just played the game hard. He took slashes. He took cross-checks. And let's face it, back then the Russians took a little bit of extra abuse yeah. from everybody because people didn't like them coming over and taking jobs. It was that type of a league. But you know what they did? They just took it. It was They were absolutely some of the toughest men that I've ever seen in my life because they could take that abuse and it never rattled them. They persevered through all that all that tough stuff that they had to endure and they continued to play. And Sergei Nemchov was the same way. The Sedins did it a different way. They just didn't allow you to get them off their game. They didn't allow you to bring them and drag them into that type of a fight. They said, you know what? You want to play physical? We'll score on the power play. And boy, oh boy, did they ever. They made people play that tried to play a physical game against them um, all the way into the Stanley Cup final. The Boston Bruins roughed them up that day, but you know what? They still went seven games. They still had a chance to win that. It was just not their time, but you have to give them a lot of respect for never really ever just taking the bait when people would try and goat them into doing things like that. 
Louis, you looking forward to playoffs? I am looking forward to playoffs. Do you playoffs, know where yeah. you're going yet? I don't know where I'm going yet, but uh, it doesn't matter to me because playoff hockey is pretty exciting. So I'll, I'll, I'll be pumped wherever I'm going. I'm going to be disappointed that the Oilers are not in the playoffs, Louis, but we will, we will be calling you uh, every Thursday on Oilers now. Sounds good, bud. That's Louis DeBras from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Uh, we appreciate Louis taking time uh, to uh, pre-tape with us during the course of an Oilers optional practice today. If you're looking for a fun destination this year, take the kids to Disneyland. It's the happiest place on earth. Fabulous fun, great food, warm weather. Book now with New West Travel. Your Disneyland California adventure includes non-stop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, five-day attractions pass. For reservations to Disneyland, call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780 780- 432-7446 or book online at newestravel.com. It is the Edmonton Oilers, the Vegas Golden Knights. Bob Stoffer with you in Rogers Place in Ice District. When we come back in Oilers Now, we'll get to some texts and hammer away at some trivia. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Welcome back everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you live from Rogers Place in Ice District where the Edmonton Oilers tonight take on the biggest surprise maybe in the NHL in the last 25 years. The Vegas Knights. What a story it's been. We'll hear from George McPhee. He's the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights at 135. All right. Uh, all you need to know about Vegas, and we will get to our Mr. Loop trivia up for grabs, a $50 gift certificate from Mr. Lube. Winter driving begins at Mr. Lube. Uh, they've got a second-round draft choice by the name of Nicholas Hag. Okay? Uh, he plays for the Mississauga Steelheads in the uh, Ontario Hockey League. He's a defenseman, six foot six, two hundred and fifteen pounds. He scored thirty-five goals this year and had seventy-eight points. Took him as a draft eligible, a late-born draft eligible last year in the second round. Unbelievable. Which brings us to Mr. Lube Trivia. And you can reach us on our River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Here we go. Nicholas Hag was a second round draft choice for the Vegas Golden Knights. Their top pick went sixth overall. He plays for the Portland Winterhawks. Who is he? Give us a call, 780-496-0063. Pretty easy question. All right, let's get to some texts. You can text us at 630-630 on our West Lock Ford text line. Uh, Bob, all of those McDavid stats that you've listed when you're talking about even strength points, 81 even strength goals, 35, leading the NHL, devastating. The Oilers have lots to work to do in the offseason. Well, unfortunately for Edmonton, it's been a year where not a lot of guys, not a lot of guys have had career years. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Uh, boy, Topher has bombarded the text line today. Certainly, we got to have somebody better than Topher texting the show. He, he's probably texted conservatively. 
Out of the 125 texts we have received in the first hour, at least 30 of the texts. Like, Topher, what else do you do? What else do you do, Topher? You listen to the show and just sit there and text and text and text? I mean, I don't know. Is he, I'm, maybe he's sitting out in the farm working hard. I, I realize it's cold, but wow. You can text us at 630, 630. Uh, there we go. Uh, Rugged from Saskatoon says, just listening to you, Bob and uh, Louie, talk about the benefits of the Lucic factor when he fights and finishes hits. I wonder at the start of the season with the way the penalties were called and how the Oilers' PK was butchered, did that take the bite out of the Oilers' game, which led them to some unsuccessful attempts at trying to play that style uh, or trying to play a style that was not their own? That text comes to us from Saskatoon. Well, you know what? That is a perspective that is shared by Al May, who was on our show yesterday. In fact, I'm going to get Brendan to find that clip where he talks in the first five or six minutes of the conversation yesterday. Um about the fact that the way the game was officiated maybe worked against the style of team that the Edmonton Oilers had built. You can text us at 630-630. Out of Camrose, Bob, you keep saying that Peter Shirelli should be brought back, and your only argument has been that there's too much change. Can you give us fans any other reason why we should have faith in Shirelli based on his moves, specifically in terms of asset management and a pretty bare uh, prospect uh, cupboard? Uh, from John out of Camrose. Well, John, in fairness to Shirelli, part of the reason why the Oilers' uh, prospects are bears because that's what he inherited. So last year, the 2017, Shirelli had the 2015 draft. Now, people can pick apart uh, the trade for Reinhardt all day. Absolutely. That happened under Shirelli's watch. I don't believe it was solely Peter Shirelli's decision. Uh, or I, It's his final decision, but I think there were some influences that believed in Griffin Reinhardt. Okay? So the orders uh, had to give up picks, as an example, to get both Peter Shirelli and Todd McClellan. That's how the compensation worked at that time. I will mention that the Oilers also traded for Cam Talbot last year at this time. That seemed like a brilliant trade. I hear the asset argument all the time. I would say that the Oilers didn't have a deep cupboard when Shirelli and now Keith Gretzky came aboard. They have to rebuild that. Absolutely. That has to be the way of the future. Every team in the league has to draft and develop. Look no further than Nashville. I'd argue they've got maybe the best team in the league. And they've done it in a large part through drafting, developing, and then trading. They've not been a heavy team in free agency. The Oilers uh, in 2015 went out and got Andre Sekera to improve their defense. In 2016, they went out and got Milan Lucic. Now, obviously, this year that hasn't worked in either case. A year ago, those guys were factors in why the Edmonton Oilers made it to the playoffs. It's got to be stated. Sekera was no worse than their second-best defenseman. And uh, Lucic, you know, was basically a 20-goal, 50-point guy. Though he had a lot of time in the power play, but he was an effective player and changed the mindset of how teams approached Edmonton. The uh, Maroon trade was a good trade for Edmonton in terms of, you know, getting a 27-goal score for a year for basically nothing. I think you can certainly argue the Cam Talbot trade was a good trade as well. Now, Taylor Hall could win the Hart Trophy. I don't know how many of you saw that happening. I thought Taylor was a pretty good player, an elite player. They got back Larson. Larson's in his career as an Oilers plus 31 over two years. People say you don't trade a number four defenseman 
for a guy that's a Hart Trophy candidate. When the trade was made, I don't know if many people thought Taylor would be a Hart Trophy candidate. And the way the league has moved has moved away to Larson's style of game. So I get both sides of the argument, but there have been trades, there have been wins, and in terms of the depth pool, I don't think Shirelli inherited a deep pool to begin with. I think last year was the first step in trying to replenish that stock. It was also an acknowledgement that they need to add more skill, which is part of the reason why they stepped up and took Yamamoto, an undersized skill player, where they did in the first round. All right, 12.59 in Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Second hour of the show, we'll hear from Keegan Lowe. Uh, we'll also hear Jack Michaels in conversation with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, as well as George McPhee, the GM of the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Orders Now. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.